Father, thank you for this wonderful opportunity we have to study your word today. What a privilege to open up this amazing book called the Bible. Thank you. You wrote a book about yourself so we wouldn't be intimidated by you. We wouldn't be afraid of you, but that we would open up our heart and allow you to love us and, and talk to us uh, and, and, and help us in every area of our lives. Thank you that your word comes across with clarity, with accuracy, and simplicity so we can immediately apply it to our lives before we leave these double doors today. We bless you. We love you. We thank you for your faithfulness. And all of God's people said a big amen. amen. Today we're starting a brand new series, a five-part series entitled Help from Heaven. How many think you need some help from heaven? Oh, absolutely. I really believe with all my heart, I was very well aware, you know, weeks ago when we decided to go in this direction, that this is an answer to prayer. I believe many of you have been crying out to God like, God, I'm clueless here. I don't know, I don't know how to do what I need to do uh, as a husband, as a wife, as a teenager, as a young adult, as a student. I do not know how to get where I need to go. And thank God today there's help from heaven coming your way. Help is on the way. Amen. And this is going to be a series about the Holy Spirit. So I want to talk to you about the personality, nature, assignment, the job description of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I don't want to take for granted that we all understand this. We have so many brand new people here at IFC, people that have just given their lives to Christ, people that are coming back to Christ, people that have been with us a long time. And uh, so I'm really excited about this series today. And our key verse of Scripture is found in the Old Testament, in the book of Zechariah, we're going to read that in just a moment. But I wanted to give you some context first about this verse so we don't just don't you know, take the verse all by itself without giving you some background of what's going on here that makes this verse um, all the more powerful in our lives. So here, during this season um, in Israel, Zerubbabel is the governor of Jerusalem. He has been tasked with the assignment to rebuild the temple. And so it's been a very frustrating process, if you read about it. Very frustrating. Opposition galore. Construction stops because of it. And he is frustrated, and he is discouraged, and he's overwhelmed. Then Zechariah, he is a prophet in Israel, and, um, um, and he is someone who um, has great insight to God, and he's had a series of visions, five to be exact. In the fifth vision, the vision is that he sees this golden lampstand. Next to the golden lampstand, he sees two olive trees that are the oil, the fuel, the supply for the golden lampstands. And then there's golden pipes from the olive trees into the candlestick. And then there's a verse of scripture that really puts it all together what he sees. And it's a prophetic word. And the key message of the vision is contained in this prophetic word in verse 6, Zechariah 4, 6. It says, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Some of you might have heard that verse before. Some of you might be a brand new verse for you. Let's unpack that a little bit because this is an important statement and one that you need to understand what is actually going on in Zerubbabel's life, and what can be taking place in all of our lives. So this word might, uh, not by might, uh, it has several meanings. It means army, force, ability, or efficiency, and it's always associated with our human resources. 
It also relates to our money, financial means, and connected to wealth. Then this word power, not by might nor power, it's a powerful word. It means purposeful force, firm resolve, and dynamic strength. So what this phrase was saying, what Zechariah was saying to Zerubbabel, that not by might nor by power means not by their own abilities, plentiful resources, or even fierce determination. The work of rebuilding the temple would only be accomplished by God's Spirit and not by human might or power. How many know in Zerubbabel's frustrated state, in Zerubbabel's discouraged and exhausted state, that was a good word for him, right? That was a good word for him to be encouraged, a good word to to recognize, let's, let's get back into battle, let's get back into the building, let's get back into what we're doing. In many places in the Old Testament, the Lord's Spirit is represented by oil, and the abundant supply of oil in Zechariah's vision is the Holy Spirit's power which would help Zerubbabel finish the rebuilding of the temple. So the message is clear. Zerubbabel, you don't need to be discouraged. You don't need to be limited by your human resources or afraid of any earthly um, obstacle in your life. And neither should we. See, when God calls us for a purpose, the Holy Spirit fills us and equips us with his ability. Every one of you in this room, every one of you in the sound of my voice today watching online, every one of us have a purpose. You walk in a divine purpose, whether you know it or not, whether you understand it or even get it or not, or it's clear to you. Every one of you have a purpose. Every one of you are on assignment. Every one of you have a, have a, have a job to do, maybe even beyond your career, beyond your marriage, your children, or whatever it might be. You are here for a purpose. And thank God the Holy Spirit has been sent to help you fulfill your purpose. It might feel overwhelming what that purpose might be. You might be so far off and disconnected from your purpose for whatever reason, whatever drama and difficulty is going on in your life. I love the attitude of Romans 8.31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us. Now, see, you need to say that with an attitude because I read that all attitude. If God be for us, can put your hand on your hip. You know, if you were one of those, you know, African-American moms yelling at your kids, right? You got to turn your wrist over and you got your hip cocked, right? And you're, you don't, you're not messing around. You know, Latino moms know what I'm talking about. Come on, right? You know exactly, some Italian moms, you know what I'm talking about. And you say, you say this thing, you say, if God be for us, who? can be against us. Can you say it with some attitude? Go ahead. If God be for us, who can be ag- Now say it like you mean it. Come on. Yeah, who? You got to kind of like, right? Because that's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes alive inside of you. Man, you thinking you, you've messed with the wrong girl. You've messed with the wrong man. You've messed with the wrong family, right? You've messed with the wrong group of people. You're going to pay big time. That's the attitude here. And that's what we need to understand. That this is what's going on and taking place. Again, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Let's think for a moment here, and let's talk about this word spirit. It's an important word. 
Um, it's, a, it's a difficult word, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, to really understand its meaning. So the word means breath. It means wind. The thing about wind or breath, you know when it's there and you know when it's not there. You can't see it, but you can feel it, right? So not only is um, there this ability to propel because wind propels us, but if there's no wind, I don't care how many sails you have up in your ship. You ain't going anywhere, right? You're not going anywhere without wind, without something to propel you to go forward. But when wind shows up, hold on, because it will repel you. I mean, propel you. So many of us are living our lives with a lot of human effort, aren't we? Man, we are just working hard. We're working hard. We're working hard. We got that picture of working hard, and we're just exhausted. Our arms are, are burning, and we're working so hard, and we're tired, and we're thinking, Man, I don't know how much longer I can be doing this. I don't know how much longer I can be doing this. And, and we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Really, the way this word is translated is, it's wind. We need the power of the wind of the Holy Spirit to propel you, to lift you up, to give you breath to give you strength, to give you that ability so that you can quit doing it all in your own strength. And man, I, I see a bunch of people just exhausted, just tired, just worn out trying to figure out how to raise these kids and how not to kill these teenagers before they become adults, right? How, 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 how to, you know, I didn't mean that figuratively, right? I, you know, all right, don't, don't be sending me any mail, okay? Um, so we understand that. How do we figure out these finances? How do we figure out these relationships and the, and the complexity of the, of the society that we're living in right now and all the tension and we can't say anything because everything comes out wrong or at least interpreted wrong and COVID and, and do I vaccinate? Don't I vaccinate? Dear Lord, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. We need the wind of the Spirit to open up your sails and propel you so you're not working so hard only in the natural. Man, it's tough when you're trying to build that business, right? Trying to get those customers and trying to train your people and trying to make ends meet and trying to do all these things. And I'm, I hear you. Man, I feel when I pray for you um, this, this exhaustion because we've worked so hard in the natural. We're wearing ourselves out. But God never intended for us to live under our own efforts alone. Amen. And the ability of, but by the power of the Spirit. Now, absolutely, God honors those who work hard. I'm not suggesting we get lazy. Amen. We need to work. And we, sometimes we work harder than we like to. But man, God honors our labor, but we don't labor alone in our own strength. We labor with the power of God, right? We work with the wind of the Spirit. And so this word spirit here is so important, and it brings us to uh, our big takeaway for today. This is the one main point I'm going to be unpacking here in the next few minutes. It says, Holy, the Holy Spirit is a person whose number one role is to help us succeed in fulfilling God's will in every area of our lives. God wants you to succeed. Amen. He really does in every area of your life. Amen. In whatever the case may be, whatever you're facing right now, the Holy Spirit is a person whose number one role is to help us. So let me, for a few minutes here, introduce you in part one here of the series to the Holy Spirit. 
I want to be clear when I call the Holy Spirit a person that I'm not calling him human because the Holy Spirit is deity. He is not a human being. But when we use the word person, what we're saying is he possesses attributes of what we would consider to be personality, right? He has a mind. He has a will. He has emotions such as love and joy. He comforts. He speaks clearly. He teaches. He's made, he could be made to feel sorry, sorrow, sorrow. He can be insulted. He can be resisted. He can be lied to. And we need to know who he is because virtually there's no Christian life without the Holy Spirit. You have to understand this. Without the Holy Spirit, Christianity is dry, monotonous, and mundane. Without the Holy Spirit, our labor is draining and exhausting. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no fellowship with God. Amen. So oftentimes, because we have, we have been so independent or we have drifted away from God's plan and purpose or we've worked so hard in ourselves, man, Christianity can get dry real fast. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It can get really boring and monotonous and mundane. There's nothing worse than a boring Christian because they're going to get themselves in some kind of trouble, right? And we need to make sure and understand that Christianity needs to be alive and it needs to be real. It doesn't need to be dry, monotonous, and mundane, but it is so unattractive when it is dry and mundane and monotonous. And the Holy Spirit doesn't want us to be drained and exhausted all the time. But thank God, with the Holy Spirit, our labor is not a labor that drains us or exhausts us and we understand that there's fellowship with God and the Holy Spirit helps us so we're not just feeling like oftentimes we pray and the heavens have turned to brass and our prayers go up and seem to bounce right back into our face. And it's not a fun place to be. See, remove the Holy Spirit from a church and two things always happen. It'll morph into a social club. It'll become a religious institution. I have never been called to be the pastor of the Moose Lodge. Knights of Columbus is not going to happen here, all right? Now, it's fun to go to the Moose Lodge with the Knights of Columbus. There's, there's relationships and there's a, a social activity and we eat and we, uh, you know, network and all those kinds of things. And I, I've been there and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good environment, but the church is not just a social club. It's not just a place where we come to hang out. While it's fun to hang out in church, while it's fun to be, have a social gathering and to be social with each other and greet each other and so on and so forth, the church of Jesus Christ is alive. The church of Jesus Christ is a place to be. That's not just for social socialing with each other. It's a place where liberty and freedom and miracles and, and answers to prayer and God begins to move by His Spirit. That don't happen at the Moose Lodge. Come on, somebody. Or it'll become a religious institution, a bunch of rules, right? A bunch of regulations. There's no life, right? It's dry. It's, it's heavy-handed. It's controlling. It's manipulative. Let me tell you something. If you go to church and there's a controlling spirit there, I'd run as fast as you can from that place. If it's all full of manipulation and leadership is treating you the wrong way, that's not God's plan. That's not God's purpose, right? That's not where you belong. It's not a religious institution led by strong-armed leaders. That's not God's purpose. But with the Holy Spirit, everything begins to change. Oh, I'm so excited about that today. See, the truth is there is no insight and revelation without the Holy Spirit. There is no divine intervention without the Holy Spirit. There's no vision without the Holy Spirit. 
There's no creativity without the Holy Spirit. There's no joy without the Holy Spirit. There's no peace without the Holy Spirit. There's no freedom without the Holy Spirit. Amen. See, when you want to get to know somebody new, what's the best way to be introduced to that person? The best way to be introduced to somebody new is to be introduced by somebody who knows that person, right? They know that person. They know certain qualities of their personality or what they've done or interesting facts or certain things that you might relate to. So you'd want to be introduced to that new person by someone who knows that person. Well, just like wanting to be introduced to the Holy Spirit, you'd want to be introduced by, to him by someone who knows him well. Jesus knows the Holy Spirit well. He knows how to introduce the Holy Spirit to you. He knows how to brag on the Holy Spirit. He knows how to have a relationship because he's had an intimate relationship like no human being ever has or will with the Holy Spirit. And so thank God Jesus can introduce us to who the Holy Spirit is in our lives. And the best place to learn that is through Jesus' own words when he introduces the Holy Spirit to his disciples in John chapter 14, 15, and 16. And I would encourage you in your quiet time or in your Bible reading time, take the time over these next few weeks and read the Gospel of John chapter 14, 15, 16. I think you'll be pretty amazed how wonderful reading as, the, as Jesus himself introduces the Holy Spirit to his disciples. Amen. See, Jesus isn't publicly teaching in a large crowd during these chapters. He's not rebuking Pharisees. He's not, um, you know, cryptically uh, giving parables to the Sadducees. He's, he's with just his team, and it's in an intimate setting. And he's talking to his, his own uh, team that he's been with for three years, and he's introducing and he's talking to them about the Holy Spirit, and, and they're, they're having dinner together. And, and he knows in just 12 short hours he's going to be killed on the cross. So it's a very serious moment. It's one that whatever words that leader would speak at that moment are very important. And the information that's about to come is extremely important. So the first way Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit to his disciples is as their helper. As their helper. John 14, 16 through 17 says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Thank God for his word today. Thank God for this introduction. And we know that Jesus tells his disciples that his number one role and nature of this person is to help. And he assures them. He says he's a helper because he's not a complete stranger but you know him. And, and the word helper here is the Greek word parakletos. And it says this, it says, which describes a cherished friend who comes to help, assist, exhort, encourage, counsel, advise, comfort, and strengthen. Amen. How many could use some of that? Oh my goodness. Absolutely we can. And this is who this cherished friend is. The word para simply means to come alongside, but always carries the idea of proximity and geographic location. It speaks of being very close, side by side, with someone 
or something. And the word para is usually used in the closest of relationships. So I could say, my wife is para to me. She lives with me and talks with me and travels with me and raised our children and pastors with me and every so often will shop with me. I say it that way because I'm the shopper in the house. And uh, she don't like going to the mall, but I can hang out at the mall anytime. Anybody want to hang at the mall? I'm there. Okay. Um, so, so she's para to me. She's with me. And, and, and that's so important that you get the intimacy of that relationship. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to be for you. That intimate friend, that close friend that's there all the time, 24-7, that's amazing that he desires to be there. When people are close to one another in this way, it affects them. I've been with my wife for 45 years, right? Thank God for that. 45 years. And um, maybe, yeah, amen, thank you. That's an accomplishment these days, amen, 45 years. And so over those 45 years, you know, some of her strengths and some of my strengths, they've rubbed off on each other, haven't they? And they should. My wife can give me one look and I know a million words. Husbands, am I in the right room? Your wife gives you that look and you know you better not say that. You better keep your big mouth shut. This is not the time for you to mouth off, right? You just know. You just have that feeling. You just know this, this, this thing, your hair in the back of your neck stands up. It's almost like the fear of God shows up. <laughs> right? So true. Oh, my goodness. So true. But see, what happens over a period of years, you can finish each other's sentence. You, can, you know how to express it. You know what matters to them and so forth. Well, the Holy Spirit has certain characteristics that when you hang out with him, those same characteristics are going to come be a part of your life. You're going to know how he thinks. You're going to know how to finish that sentence. You're going to know when to keep your big mouth shut. <laughs> right? You're going to know, don't say it that way, say it this way. Or when you have said it wrong, you know, man, that was not right. And, and, and you make it right. But that's the power of the Holy Spirit working with you on a daily basis. That's the kind of relationship the Holy Spirit desires to have with you. And he's saying that the Holy Spirit is permanently called closely alongside each one of us to provide coaching, direction, instruction, and counsel in our life journey. That's so exciting to me. Man, that's so valuable to all of us. And so he's calling us to have this kind of assignment, this perpetual journey. He never tires. He's always there to help us. John 14, 16 says it a little bit different way in the Amplified Version. It says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. I love these words. Comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, stand by to be with you forever. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. You always have a comforter. You always have an advocate. You always have an intercessor, a counselor, a strengthener, a standby. He's always there for you. And that is so exciting to know that's how God can work on your behalf. Isn't that good news today? Then Jesus says this mind-blowing statement in John 16, 7. He says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, that it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, why is that so mind-blowing? Because here they are, thinking from the disciples' perspective, three years, 
He's been their teacher, friend, revelator, prophet, pastor, Lord. He's instructed them, taught them how to pay their taxes, how to have a crusade, how to go house to house, how to be a blessing, how to bring healing to the sick, and how to cast out demons. I mean, he, he's been with them intimately. Any question they ever had, any concern, they can go to him at a moment's notice. Man, they're, they're there, and, and they've, they've gotten used to this close, intimate relationship. And now he says, it's to your advantage that I leave? What? Mind blow. I don't think so. What do you mean it's to our advantage that you leave? and you are going to leave us. So you can imagine how they felt when they watched Jesus ascend up to heaven and, and, and being in that place, and, and, and now he's gone. Who do we go to? And see, we're in the same predicament as disciples were when Jesus ascended to heaven. We don't have a physical Jesus to turn to, to ask questions, to seek advice and counsel. Of course, we're grateful we have the benefit of God's word, the benefit of God's word that reveals Christ's character, teaching, and lifestyle, and, and the commands, and, and we, we can have a general understanding of the will of God through God's Word. We're grateful for that. But if you have a specific question, who do I marry? Where do I go to school? What job do I do? What business do I start? How do I do this? You have a specific question, then thank God we have the Holy Spirit to go to, to get down to the details. You know, it'd be nice if there was a book of Jonathan, right? I mean, it'd be nice if there was a, a, a book of, of Bianca or a, or a book of Tunde or, or, or a book of whoever, a book of Alex. Wouldn't it be great to have our own book? At any given time, we could look and say, okay, here in chapter 5, verse 6, it says, be aware of this. Don't take that job. Take this one. I mean, that'd be nice to have that, wouldn't it? Yeah, book of Mo. I might read the book of Mo. That sounds pretty exciting, the book of Mo, right? Amen. So wouldn't that be awesome to have that? Well, we don't necessarily have that chapter or that book we can go to, but we do have the Holy Spirit who knows all things, who knows the next step, who knows how to warn us, who knows how to help us, who knows how to give us an advantage. And oftentimes we're, the Lord said it was to my, your advantage that you go, and we're not taking advantage of our advantage. Amen. We need to understand how powerful this is. And what's so good about this is, I mean, have you ever read the Word of God and thought, what in the world does that mean? I have. Oh, you'd know everything in the Bible. I wish I did. No. But thank God when you read God's Word, He will illuminate the Word of God to you. He will help you understand. You'll read something and you'll read five verses and one, all of a sudden one word sticks out in those five verses and that word comes alive and suddenly you've got, you know, 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes later, you're thinking, man, this was, this was just so help me. Don't ever read God's word without the power, understanding the power of the Holy Spirit. He's the author of the book. He knows how to help you understand the book. Isn't that good news today? Let me, let me say, without... Any understanding is so good, the statement, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter what you know or don't know when you receive Christ. You have a resident partner in your heart who knows all the answers you need. I know many of you have just given your life to Christ recently, and it's so overwhelming. There's just so much to learn. I don't, I don't get it. Or you've been away from God, or you've not been a, a good student of God, or you've been up and down, and, and drama has taken you back and forth. It's just good to know that no matter where you are right now, 
what you know or don't know. The Holy Spirit is here to fill in the gaps. The Holy Spirit is here to help you understand how to make that next step, how to transition from being in a place where sin has ruled your life, and now how do I make that next step to become free from that sin? Relationships and on and on uh, that are foreign to you, that we lived one way and now we're going to desire to live another way. How do I do this? But thank God for that resident partner in your heart who knows how to answer all your needs. What we need now is simply to learn to cooperate with Him. Cooperate with Him. We need to learn how to cooperate with Him. See, it's in our cooperation with Him that we begin to learn, that we begin to understand. Think about it. There are so many Christians who have been a follower of Christ for many years and never really realized this resident help that lives on the inside of them. All of that time, all those years, they had a helper they didn't know about. They had a helper they never tapped into. They had a helper that was there ready, waiting, wishing, just ask I can help you avoid those potholes. I can help you navigate this relationship. I can help you deal with this certain situation. And so it's time now for us, and this series will help you to understand how now to cooperate. What do we have to do to cooperate with this resident helper, to cooperate with this amazing gift that's on the inside of our lives? Hallelujah. Remember, the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus. He teaches like Jesus. He amplifies the things of God like Jesus. Amen. And he is here with us. You start to understand how amazing this is. Oh, my goodness. Again, he's our guide and counselor, protector, and coach, and we need him to be actively involved in our lives. One more portion of Scripture before I close. John 16, 12 through 14 says, I still have many things to say to you, Jesus talking to his disciples, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he... The spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. How many think it would be good to have a little bit of warning of what's coming next? Oh, yeah. Wouldn't you be better prepared for some of those surprises that have come your way? Well, God might tell us, not, might not tell us all the specifics, but he can, there's something that happens oftentimes where this warning happens, or we kind of double up in prayer, or, or we kind of, you know, are, 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 are leaning towards understanding more about finances, or money, or go back to school, or do different things. The Holy Spirit kind of prepares us for certain things. Holy Spirit, like, helps us in, in, to navigate certain rough waters that are coming. You don't know what's around the bend, but he does. And he knows how to get you praying ahead of time. He knows how to get you reading the Bible ahead of time. He knows how to give you a promise that might not make sense right that moment, but a week from now, you're going to be glad he gave you that promise. You might not understand why you're praying and where you are about your kids, and suddenly, a week later, a month later, man, their life explodes with drama, and you're grateful to God that God already warned you or God already gave you something that would be very helpful during that time. Amen. And we're living in a day where there's so many twists and turns and surprises, so much drama all around us. But thank God the Holy Spirit's there to help you with all the drama either get you through the drama or help you avoid the drama altogether. 
That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what happens when you recognize He is your helper. Amen. He will tell you things to come. What was our big takeaway today? Our big takeaway was the Holy Spirit is a person whose number one role is to help us succeed in fulfilling God's will in every area of your life. Where do you need the most help? We say, let's make a list of the top three things you need the most help. Man, I'd write that out. Say, Lord, here's where I need the most help. It's with my husband or with my children or it's with my finances or, 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 or something going on in physically in my body. What is it? What is the top three things you need his help with? And I promise you, when you put that before the Lord and you ask the Holy Spirit for divine help and you have that confidence in God that this is, this is a, a partner that will guide you and direct you. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit has made me a better man. The Holy Spirit has made me a better husband. He's made me a better father. He's made me a better grandfather. He makes me a, a better pastor and a, a better mentor and friend. Absolutely. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. He will make you better in whatever area you need to be better in. Amen. He knows how to do that today. That's the kind of God we serve. Amen. Aren't you glad? Go ahead. Yeah, give him, give him praise for that. I, I can't tell you over the years how many times the Holy Spirit has helped us as parents to parent our children, to parent them through their, their, their hormonal changes and their ups and downs and challenges and temptations. And, and he helps us be a better young adult, a better husband, a better father, a better spouse, a, a better friend. He helps us in our careers. He helps us launch that business and, and how to prosper that business. He cares about the prosperity of your family and your life, how to improve ourselves, overcome our weaknesses and insecurities and fears. Let me tell you something. You do not have to be fearful, insecure, and full of worry the rest of your life. The Holy Spirit can come be your helper. Amen. He can come and help you with those feelings that are so overwhelming. I've learned to listen to that voice. And I've discovered for myself personally what a wonderful helper he is in pastoring this church for 40 years and, and being in a place of influence in so many people's lives. I am so grateful for the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't tell you how many counseling sessions I've been in. And when I hear what's going on, I want to say, I'm out of here because I have no clue how to help you. I am so overwhelmed by what I just heard that you're going through right now, or what your husband did, or what your wife did, or what those kids are going through, or what took place many years ago in your past. And I think many times, Lord, what do I say? But I'm so grateful I can get quiet and tap into the Holy Spirit. Who knows how to exactly say exactly what needs to be said? There's been more than once I wish to God it was recorded. I thought, man, that's good. Where in the world did that come from? Man, that's exactly what they needed. I'm thinking, I know exactly where it came from came from the Holy Spirit. Parents, God will give you the right words. Wife, husband, God will give you the right words. Friend, that friend that's struggling, he will give you the right words. If you'll just take the time to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit and, and cooperate and allow yourselves to be in partnership together. Well, I hope you've learned something today. This is gonna be a great series. I gotta stop. I can keep going. Come on, let's stand this morning. Let's give God praise for a moment. Come on, will you give him praise just for a minute? Thank him. Oh, Father, you're so wonderful. You're so good.